You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. Welcome back to The A-Game. We're here once again. Is it week eight? It is. Week, no, it's week seven. Well, technically, if you want to get into the weeds on this, it's week nine. This is episode seven, however. Yeah, there are some secret, secret hidden episodes. Which one day when lying we are in wait. super famous, I am going to break <laughs> yeah, out and yeah. people are going to be like, Damn, this is how it got started. Fuck. This is going to be the equivalent of like a dead rock star's yeah, family yeah. releasing like original studio stuff and then like the Tupac album that's coming out like the Tupac album something from Jimi Hendrix like it'll be the equivalent of that maybe not yeah it'll be the equivalent of that so you know one day somebody will flip over the b-side I don't even know if people know what that is anymore like the the b-side of an album Um, you mean I just flip my iPhone over just flip it over to the (laughs) b-side get it the side that has a b on it and they'll be like oh I didn't realize that sports gambling wasn't legal at, I can't at some point. That was such a great Get episode. Get out of my brain, wow. Jim Ganser. Biggest regret that we didn't actually publish that recording. <sighs> I think we might. Uh, we might I'm have gonna, to. I might do You know what I might do? I might, yeah. I might go rogue. Become a rogue maverick. Mm. Rogue maverick? Since I kind of do have all of the credentials to post this stuff. I know. Think about it. Can I tell you something? Oh, humble brag. He always makes fun of me for humble bragging. Well, because your humble bragging involves <laughs> OAR and getting free tickets to concerts. Mine involve having SoundCloud credentials. That's fair. I'm feeling particularly feisty today. <laughs> oh, just so everybody knows. Just hot take. We're 90 seconds in. We have not gotten the intros. Mm-hmm. Sriracha. Yeah, Sriracha. Uh, the man saying Sriracha is Jeff. This is Jim. And we've got Joel with us once Hello, again. Uh, another great week. Plenty of things happening out in the world. Uh, we've got an interesting topic this week, uh, one that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, actually, all of them are near and dear to our hearts. Like our babies. Yeah. Like your kids. You yeah. can name a favorite. Yeah, you love them all. Yeah. No. Although secretly, you can name a favorite. Yeah. And it's the one that is... Doesn't you know, talk back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one that sleeps in their own bed all night, uh, doesn't <laughs> point out personal flaws, of you, and uh, always says please and thank you. But this week, uh, there was an interesting story that that uh, hit the newswire uh, about, and it. I'll take a step back. Uh, we'll think about it more from um, the ecosystem of advertising. Advert. <laughs> yeah, you thought I was going to go down that path, <laughs> didn't you? I caught myself. That's right. God, I hope you guys are listeners because there's a lot of inside jokes. Perspective. Going. Go back and listen to the first few episodes. Yes. Get there. But <laughs> from the perspective. Yeah. Advertising is obviously going towards the digital format. And it's gotten to the point where the, for the first time in anyone's lifetime, frankly, people are spending more time with digital than they are with television. And the biggest catalyst for the sea change from an advertising spend perspective Thank you, Joel. Is tallied up is programmatic um, display advertising. Yeah. So we're at a point now where programmatic, and for anyone that doesn't understand programmatic, please turn off the podcast right now. Yeah, go to Serial. It's a good one. Yeah, try that. <laughs> Just <different>. kidding. Uh, <laughs> Our audience is right. We need, we need to. We're we need the, to only the savviest. Hang on to Only the savviest. <laughs> Anybody, okay, everybody. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> But the way the programmatic works is it basically automates the ad buying process 
Um, and you, you take a look at targeting audiences as opposed to targeting actual ad space. It's real-time bidding. Um, there's dynamic insertion where you can virtually end up in most places within the internet, which can be a problem, but we're not going to go down that path. But regardless, it takes advertising from a position of awareness down to uh, engagement and accountability ultimately. Yeah. So A way in which traditional has often had a tremendously difficult time yeah. giving linear attribution to engagement. Now, you might be saying, Jim, that sounds scary. <laughs> that sounds scary. Are they going to come for our jobs? Is this a ghost story? Yeah. <laughs> you can automate my job away. You know, just, you know, yes. nuzzling closer to someone you care about that's close, um, getting closer. 80% of digital display advertising is actually running through programmatic right now. So this is the mainstream way that your partners and potentially you are actually buying advertising right now. And the top player in the marketplace, the Trade Desk, according to Forrester's Wave Report. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And this is, I'm being legitimate, I'm not setting sure. you up or being sarcastic. Um, this is not a plant? This is not a plant. Um, when we say top player in the market, so I'm very familiar with Trade Desk. Yes. Because they have massive branding in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a little bit of a plant. But in terms of what would make them the 800 pound gorilla, is it amount of spend? That goes through the platform. How, do, how like how is that? How is that ultimately judged? Well, there's there's a couple variables. One is obviously adoption. Another is um, user interface. Mm-hmm. How is it rated? Is it easy to use? Okay. Uh, uh, does it accommodate the necessary external data? Um, there's an entire portfolio of types of advertising inventory that you have access to. Mm-hmm. So not every DSP, demand-side platform, has the same level of sophistication and options with regard to inventory sources. Think about it from from the... (laughs) I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to bash it. Do it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. Um, From the perspective... (laughs) Think about it from the perspective... (laughs) Oh, my God. This was supposed to be professional. Um, it is. Think about it as an open exchange. You're, you're, you're bidding on open exchange inventory. There are several exchanges. Some DSPs, we use Basis internally here. They've got access to 40 different exchanges. Yeah. So Trade Desk has just a wider variety of options. They've got some customized um, targeting capabilities. So if we're in Magic Quadrant, if we're in Magic Quadrant, they're upper right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, tangent to do. Data is more powerful in the presence of other data. It accommodates data in all ways, shapes, and forms. It's and it has a really strong adoption. It was one of the, the first big DSP providers. Mm-hmm. And they've got access to programmatic television, you know, native, display, you name it. You can pretty much buy it through the trade desk. And for many years, Forrester has rated them as the top platform overall. Okay, so they are solely a digital platform. Solely a digital platform. And on top of that, they're also wildly profitable. They've actually gotten to a point in Q2, they, they're actually up 54% in revenue year over year. 
that equates to about 112 million in revenue. So they're not just taking venture investment over and over again and no. trying to get more users <laughs> no. until someday they make a profit. Good for them. Yeah, in fact, most investors don't even know who the trade desk is, which leads us into the conversation today. Oddly enough, and I don't know if this is just trying to be clever, if this is a statement about media as a whole and programmatic advertising, but the Trade Desk actually is launching an ad campaign in newspapers. Irony. <laughs> to promote themselves, and I'm just going to read you guys a couple of headlines that they're using with the newspapers. Possibly the worst ad will ever run. Blue background, <laughs> white text. And I didn't read that. buying this was excruciating. <laughs> Buying this ad was excruci excruciating. So they're poking fun of the... At the medium, in the medium. At the medium, in the medium, which is smacks of clever. Say what you will about clever. Some people like it, some people don't. I love clever. I'm a fan of clever, yeah. actually. Joel likes clever, too. As, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it speaks to their um, value proposition, which is this is a data-driven value um, for advertisers. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question becomes, what does this say about print as a medium? So do you, do you have something on this? Go ahead, Jeff. Because I started to wax poetic on it earlier. Do it. And I did so... Poeticize. Just to be contrarian, but then I, I think I ended up making a point to myself. <laughs> I actually got to a point. Which, yeah, I got so to a point, great. which does not always happen. Um, so the point I was making earlier uh, in what I like to call pre-show... Mm. I just made that up. Um, was so when you're when you're talking about sending spend dollars through Trade Desk or any other DSP, um, when you're talking about aligning with a DSP, you're talking about not only the ad dollars, but you're talking about the cost of running money or running the ads through there. These are significant investments, and the point I backed into was okay. What, who signs off on a significant investment? Somebody with a VP or C-level title. Um, those people are typically, you know, this is broad generalizations, but a little bit older and are not all that unlikely to be reading print material. And so what are the three publications that it was published in these ads? Okay. The Times, The Wall Street Journal, San Jose Mercury News. Who have traditionally... San Jose Mercury News. So San Jose Mercury News is the newspaper of, you guessed it, Silicon Valley. Yep. They read newspapers in Silicon Valley. I'm not saying they don't. But that was, I mean, I understand why they're in. So here's, here's the point I'm getting to. Maybe if, that's. If you need somebody. Newspaper, right? If you need somebody, you know, after an enterprise sales organization at Trade Desk does the whole job of selling you on why, Simon Sinek. To, <laughs> to, to go through their platform. Somebody's got somebody's to write the check. Somebody's got to sign off on that check. And maybe it's actually an ingenious marketing campaign considering that the target of the people who write that check are probably still reading articles in some way, shape, or form in a newspaper, whether it's online, whether it's in the physical print. But having a, you know, being a little kitschy, being a little fun, being clever, I'm all about that. I think that's a great idea from their perspective. 
you know, they obviously spent uh, some money on this. Ooh, yeah, from their perspective. Um, but I, personally, outside of the irony of it, I don't think it's that big of a shot. Like, I don't think the people they're trying to reach with this, I don't think it's it's out of the realm of possibilities to say that those people are there. Yeah. So good on you, Trade Desk. And what are those people going to go do? They're going to go get with their digital team and say, hey, have you heard of Trade Desk? Did you see this great ad? Yep. What are we using, right? Here, here's my take on it. I, we, it. It's funny that this comes on the heels of the Nike campaign because we, I think we all agreed that the Nike campaign was spot on. Oh. I think this campaign spot on. Because my experience, so I've, I've got some experience in print. I love print. I think print and, and Jim, I know, we, I think we all agree that that print can serve a purpose. Uh, Absolutely. A, a, an increasingly smaller purpose for, for clients, mm-hmm. um, depending on what, what industry you're in. But um, here's the problem that print has. You know, when, I, when we were putting together media kits at the publications we were for, we were guessing. Yeah. You're guessing. You're, you're, you're guessing that this publication goes to an office and then it's seen by... X percentage of, of the number of employees that yeah. work in that office. It's just like a moving target that you can't hit. And all of a sudden, you know, the point of, of Trade Desk campaign, guess what? We solved that for you. And, and there's a better way to do this. So I just thought it was uh, coincidental that this came on the heels after we talked about the Nike campaign because I thought both were were great, hit the right target audience mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, fit, their, fit those companies, um, you know, whatever, MO perfectly. Two different sides of it, but I, I I completely agree, and I think the point it gets back to is, you know, you have a you have a media mix, you have a mix of channels with which you can choose to get out your message, and just to forsake one, print because it is the old medium, is short sighted because you're obviously not doing audience research because that might be where your audience is. And I don't even really think it's that ironic other than the fact that people love to look for irony. I don't think it's that <laughs> ironic. It's just coincidences. Oh, it's just coincidences. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's all that. Like, I don't think it's, it's crazy out of bounds at all. And if they were playing to the irony of it, obviously they are in the messaging. Um, but I think it's smart. I think you, you as an awareness campaign, an awareness campaign are, are sometimes hard to drive ROI back to. And that's fine. But they should at least be memorable. And this is memorable. Can I serve up a bit of irony? Ooh. Ooh. The irony is that among newspapers that people still read, like those are three <laughs> those are yes. three of them that people still, you know, so people still read. Let's start eliminating our irony. It's not like they put it in in circulars in, you know, in the the, the local yeah. paper. I mean, they went and they hit the hardest of the hard. I mean, they went to where audiences can be verified as highly business related. Mm -hmm. And especially in the journal, which obviously has mass circulation, all three of these do it, uh, and the New York Times, those executives take the subway to work. On the subway, people still read the paper. Just happens. We're making a lot of broad generalizations here. I'm just gonna call it out. I'm calling it out. Let's call it out. I'm calling it out. I'm gonna put the media hat on because. Let's do it. All right, are you at the other side? Here. Here's what I find interesting, and I'm tempted to ask Joel, and I won't. I'm tempted to ask him well, if Trade Desk is just pulling the the Costanza and doing the exact opposite. <laughs> this could be a Costanza strategy, Which but does this backfire from from the angle that we already know what's wrong with programmatic advertising? It is it is not perfect. 
there is a tremendous amount of concern over brand safety. You don't always know where your right, ads are going to run. Yep. But more importantly, we're trying to raise awareness with a campaign, and we're going to put it in a newspaper. Competitor, so, you know, pseudo competitor. Can programmatic advertising generate awareness? Let's let's unpack it a little bit. And I just said a word that band word. We, oh, we banned it. We banned it. But I'm going to do it in the spirit. Obviously, a loose banning. Wow. In the spirit of Brian Kozel, who said it a few times in a meeting earlier today. <laughs> Love you, Brian. Hope you listen. Um, spread the word. But here's here's what constitutes viewable from a digital perspective. Not Got it. one more time. There Doop. we go. Display advertising. Fifty percent of an ad is in view on a browser screen mm-hmm. for one second. You know what success looks like That's according to the IAB? 50%. Successful ad awareness from a, for digital is 50% in view for one second for 50% of the people you reach. Jeez, oh man. That's a pretty low threshold. That's a pretty low threshold. But, you know, there's there's a window quote. It's not a door quote mm. that we use downstairs in the media department. It, and, it, and it goes something like this. We're buying results, not media. It's a means to an end. When you're mm-hmm. buying impressions through programmatic channels, you're not buying awareness. You're banking on the fact that you're hitting the right audience in the right moment with the right message. You're getting them somewhere where they're going to spend time and attention to take that next step. And I might go on record as to say Trade Desk cannot raise awareness of themselves through their own platform. Hmm. Now, is the newspaper the place where you go to raise awareness with executives or anyone else? I don't know. The stars have to align. You know, you get a newspaper, it drops on your desk every morning in the office. So are How they, many days do you actually open it up? Yeah. So are they they're you're you're thinking they're self incriminating? They're 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 saying by advertising there. I, it just makes you wonder. Yeah. I know that ultimately my opinion on this is this is the product of a creative execution driving where the actual message is going to run. Mm-hmm. Without, without results. The medium is part of the message Yeah. in this case. This is a creative execution. This has nothing to do with we're hitting the right people, we're hitting the decision makers. We're all hit with so much advertising so frequently throughout the day that we probably don't even recognize it half the time. But this has turned into, frankly, a PR campaign. You know, you do a search on it, and I encourage anyone out there to do a search on this. And you're going to see boatloads of major publications, daily newspapers, you name it, picking up the story and running it. And they've done a tremendous job of promoting this from a PR angle. And and I feel like this is more of, I don't know, it, it, it is ironic, but it just smacks of a couple people sitting around a room and being like, hey, wouldn't it be hilarious? And then that getting all the way yeah. through the approval process. Where's the last place that we would want to advertise our product? What if we did it in a newspaper? Do oh you know what God. I love? Hilarious. So there's like, so there's a couple And then what things. if we said this is the stupidest and we're in pain doing this? <laughs> oh my God, let's do it. Here's the, the things that I love. My family, world peace, when Jim Ganser drops knowledge and change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> 
Top three, that order. The, really? No, not really. Okay. Maybe yeah. Not. I don't know. We'll just see. for the sake of this yeah. conversation. And, and it's just self serving. And just to go on record, and this this is on record here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Joel actually believes that an executive is going to open up a newspaper, see a trade desk ad, and then go ask his people, why aren't we running on trade desk? And you're saying that's untrue? No way. Come on, Joel. Okay. Look, he's actually offended. I was, he's the, actually offended. I was the one. I don't get I, offended about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, it's impossible to I was the me. one who argued to just be contrarian. <laughs> I completely agree with your point of view, as I, you know, more than 50% of the time do. No, I mean, I, I poke fun just because it's part of my job to poke holes and options because you have to try to stretch a dollar as far as possible. But it's just, it's funny because when you look at the rates of time spent with newspapers, and I understand, like, the, the papers that are folding are the papers that don't have an original opinion. And when you look at these three newspapers, three very healthy newspapers, they are catering to a specific audience and yeah. they are serving a specific purpose. And you, you know, I'm sure that you know the Washington Post is probably taking some offense to not <laughs> being on the list. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, they're they you know they're Jeff, healthy. Jeff Bezos might Relatively have a few healthy. opinions about that. And the good people at USA Today, you know, well read in. Hotels everywhere. I mean, who who is actually getting this newspaper? Who is actually getting that? I, but this is, to me, this is the critical thinking that doesn't happen enough. This is the the healthy banter, as sarcastic as it may be. This is the stuff that doesn't happen enough in meetings and, and just general is, you know, I'm a big fan of creative. I've always have been because I'm not intrinsically creative myself in a visual manner. So I'm often very taken by people who are. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the balance. The balance between what is good visually and what is good business and can you map the two together to make good results. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's the game. That is, that is the entire game we're playing. Can you map those two things together in a compelling way to make a measurable result, a proxy result, an actual result, and it's and it's just one of the neat things about working in a place like this. Mm -hmm. You know, it occurred to me. Oh, I like this already. It, it occurred oh. to me that uh, now I'll I'll try to explain this, but I'm going to go on record. Another on record. Another yeah. On, yeah I mean, yeah. this whole thing it's is like, on record. You, you don't have to say that it's on record. Yeah. It's like when you when you say and you're doing like you're speaking to quotes and you're also air quoting. Yeah. <laughs> this is the problem with working with your friends. There's a frankly. tremendous volume of redundancy going on in this podcast <laughs> right now. But the USA Today mm -hmm. is the programmatic advertising of newspaper. They you don't set out to get it. It actually finds you. <laughs> Nobody buys it. It's just it shows up. And then you're reading it, and you didn't plan on reading it, but they found you. And they found you because they know where you are. <laughs> so from that, I have to wonder if, you know, this A advertising strategy drops down to a B because they're the lead programmatic platform in the marketplace, and they didn't leverage the programmatic advertising of newspaper, Ooh, which like is that. the USA Today. You got docked points by the Russian judge. Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tough judge. Oh, man. I would like to apologize to Joel because I may have sounded mean. 
I'm trying to, you know. Yeah, I think what you really to, want to apologize for is maybe looking like you set him up. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> 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 it was all part of my plan. This is an elaborate ruse. <laughs> yeah. Can I? I'm just, uh, go ahead. No, no, no. No, no I was just, I was just gonna say, I'm just gearing up for, you know, my big. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. you're gonna say, yeah, you're gonna save your energy, yeah, you know, because uh, <laughs> when you start with the why, which leads us to today's the, the golden circle. Is it time for cold knocks? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is time for cold knocks. And who is, who are we cold knocking again today, We're Jeff? Having, you handle uh, the 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 pioneer of <laughs> starting with why. Literally lo- wrote a blog post and Simon Simon <laughs> said it. You got to give the guy credit. He's really taking this. This is Jeff's life. career, actually. His master career plan. This is my yeah. yeah this is my trajectory. <laughs> Just one really good blog post, and then a whole bunch of TED talks. That line up right after that into, this has global, been, into global fame. This has been our TED Talk. Yeah. Uh, it, Simon Sinek, the, the, the worldwide speaker uh, and, and author of Start With a Why. Oh. People, don't buy your, uh, people don't buy you because of what you do. They buy you because of why you do it. I had a conversation with a client today that, uh, you know, that is super pertinent to, right? We need to, they wanted to hear more of like, we know you can do it, but, 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 but why are you doing it? It's it's a good it's a good refresher that like you need that like that's a focus right absolutely were they saying that to you or was that just a general about some real work general like yes okay yes. not like Joel we know you can do it <laughs> why are you doing this this is a, this is a personal sit down no no this is a cordial launch yeah so <laughs> get that person to listen to this podcast actually si- oh yes I love that can we get an update on the cold knocks did I interrupt you Jeff have, no, have no, we, no. has anyone have accepted we... our cold knock off the record. Wait, no, Nobody no, had. it's on the record. Well, <laughs> Jim's the record. struggling. Jim's struggling. No, nobody the whole, has. The whole record. Well, that, was, that was a joke. joke. <laughs> He's being funny. I was trying to be funny. I'm a joke maker. <laughs> yeah, well, no, yeah, I think you're funny too. <laughs> Sadly, I would have I would have thought Mark Pritchard by now would have not only Pritch. accepted the invitation, but he would have been on the podcast. By oh. Frankly, I'm a little embarrassed. It's, you know, I think... Is it me? Us all being type A's. <laughs> no. It's not you. No, no. no it's not, definitely not you. No, it's the creepy. It's the creepy nature of the cold knock. Yeah, well, generally. I mean, should I change my picture on, <laughs> on LinkedIn? Well, you actually have you've walked into an interesting. Let me let me wax for a second here. Oh, so Jim's here LinkedIn profile is um, is animated. Pops it's, and props. It's not animated. It's what. It's like animated. A, it's not animated. It's got a it's like, seventh grade school picture day filter on it. Hmm. Like you chose lasers. That's the one you chose. That's no, it the was checkbox plaid. that it's you plaid. chose. Is it plaid? plaid? It's plaid. No, okay. It's, it's plaid. not lasers, it's plaid. But there is a there's a theory out in the world, and I'm not the creator of it. That I'm try, if, you know, I think it looks cool. I I work in advertising. <laughs> You, you know what? I the, you've completely changed my mind. <laughs> I turn about so I, work, I work in advertising is the only thing I need to hear. But maybe, maybe part of this yeah. is the fact that your LinkedIn profile picture makes you look nefarious. Really? Makes you look maybe dangerous. Nefarious? Oh, it's like the blue one. Yeah. 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 So actually, if uh, if anybody who's listening would like to engage with the podcast on any of our social channels, which are... Great segue. Thanks. The Adcom Group on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Yeah. Instagram gives us gives you 
a great look into what uh, life is like here at our shop, which is frankly all cool. of us. It's Mike, all of us. Yeah. Mike Pauks, uh, one of our creatives, does a fantastic job, and it's, also edits our podcast. It's a Mike Pauks vehicle. Absolutely. Uh, so what I would what I would love is if uh, if anybody any of our listeners would like to engage with us on any of those channels about uh, Jim Ganser's uh, profile picture on mm. LinkedIn, then we could maybe take an unofficial or official poll on if it is helping us or hurting us in the cold dock space. Mm. Okay. That's, that's this is the problem. This is the problem with we'll doing put, we'll the, put the photo on the record and making yourself vulnerable, Jim. Is that sometimes it, I feel like this is getting personal now. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I didn't know that it looked nefarious. Well, nefarious might be strong. I kind of made that up on the spot because I really like the way. Are the you word wearing sounds. your Mark Pritchard hat, Oof. or are you thinking in general? No, because I'm this could in general. You're right. Oh wow. You're right. Wow, that <laughs> that right. was a curveball. I'm better that, than that. You know, I'm not changing it. I'm not changing it. Double down on that. That's All right. right. From whatever right. You know who will? You know who will respond well to it? Simon? Simon. Simon Sable. Simon says, I will tell you this. I will be on podcast number nine. Not okay. how was this photo taken, but why do you yeah. have it? You know why the, the photo is taken this way? Because I want to look cool and, I'm an and hip and trendy. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> and I like having fun. So sue me. Sue me. You know what? It's not just my LinkedIn profile. It's also my Twitter and my Facebook, and I would say Snapchat, but their stock's tanking. Yeah, and it is. I'm not. On I'm jumping off that ship. Hard pivot. <laughs> Do you even have a, a Snapchat, you know, presence anymore? Next week. <laughs> Are you targeting twelve-year-olds? That's a great. You man. probably shouldn't. That sounds terrible. I hope you didn't just join at that point. Can you even join at the end of a podcast? Sure, you can skip you could forward. fast forward. You can fast forward to get to the cold knocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll cover that topic and a I lot more you, next week. I told you I was feeling feisty today. On the A game. <laughs>